0: Hello, from a rainy Kansas today. Super excited about it. Loving the rain. I uh, I didn't used to to like the rain as much in my my time in the army. It was never one of those things I look forward to. There is there is being cold and being miserable. There's being hot and being miserable. But being wet and miserable. It's a uh, it's a whole other level of, of misery and discomfort. Uh, it just, it, it's strange, but, uh, but now I love it. Absolutely love the rain. It just feels like everything gets fresh and, and you, you get to see, uh, a, a nice shine on everything. And so I love the rain now. So Happy Monday from a rainy Junction City, Kansas. Uh, I hope you guys are having a great day. Great start to your week. And uh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be a great day. I, I can just feel it. So, all right. Let's get into this. Um, yesterday, we talked about... Uh, camp life and focused heavy on uh, the rebellion stories out of the book of numbers. And and if you remember from that, or if you haven't watched, you can go back and watch it. When we talked about the book of numbers, the actual Hebrew title was in the wilderness, which uh, really for me is, is a much better title for this book because the stories in there are about the Israelites and, and what they went through in the wilderness. And, um, what they went through that they brought on themselves, and uh, the the two censuses that are taken and recorded in in the book of numbers uh, are, are far out, out outweighed by the the stories of of what happens out there. And so, uh, we talked about camp life, focused heavily on the rebellion stories, and also how the the nation of Israel collectively forgot what God had uh, done for them and 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 done in their lifetimes things that they had actually seen with their own eyes and experienced and 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 walked through and watched god move on their behalf and and bring provision to them and and so why the, the the rebellion focus why the the call to remembrance because because we forget we forget to uh remember we forget uh Who we really are, we forget uh, who God has been for us in the past, who it is that he calls us, who it is that he says he uh, is going to be for us right now in in whatever the mission is that he has has given to you and called you into. And, And so when we forget these things, it's really easy for us to fall into rebellion ourselves. And so that's why we wanted to focus on that, and uh, and start walking through that. Good morning, Angie. Good morning, Anne Marie. Glad you can make it on. Do you think we forget because we don't really care? Uh, I, I think I think it's not necessarily because we don't care. I think it is is um, lack of regard for again uh who we really are in God and, and more so a lack of regard for God, a lack of regard for who he has shown up uh, as for us in the past. And, and I think that's why we forget is because we don't regard it and talked about uh, um, the fact that God had said about Moses uh, how he was such a friend to him and how uh, he spoke with prophets through visions and through dreams, but with Moses, he spoke face-to-face openly without uh, uh, any filters or, or uh, stories or, or uh, parables, so to speak, anything like that. It was just plain talk, just one friend to another and asking what makes you think that it's okay to, to talk to my friend this way? And so we even forget a a regard in that sense of, of what it is that God God regards and, and the value he places there. And so um, I think it has to do with, with regard and and, um, in that sense, more than just not caring. That's my opinion. Uh so yeah. So we must uh, uh we can't forget that it's it's easy to fall into a rebellion when we do start forgetting, when we don't have regard for these things. And we must be reliant on God for for everything in our lives and live out the faith that we claim to possess. I mean, there there is uh of faith that we claim to, to have in, in Jesus, but can you really say that you you can see that being walked out in the lives of people around you? Can you say that you fully see that being walked out in your own life? If you hear God telling you to, to do something or uh, to say something, to speak something to someone or a group of people, do you follow through with that? Do you have faith to say that, yes, I'm hearing God. I know he's moving, so I'm going to go do this. We, we claim to have this faith, but are we seeing the fruit of it? And if we are being reliant on God and, and relying on Holy Spirit, then we have to be uh, living out the faith that we claim. There needs to be some fruit that we can see. And unfortunately, yes, it is not always. And I think as as believers, we can be good examples for those around us and and actually walk out the faith that we claim. So in this reliance uh, on God for everything in our lives that that we talked about yesterday, also talked about wanting to see us marked by communing and resting with God. And I think we need to, I I pulled up the definition of of commune because uh, we've taken the word communion and turned it into uh, an association with um, partaking in the Lord's Supper. You know, the, the elements of remembering his body that was broken for us, remembering his blood that was poured out for us. But the definition of commune is to converse or talk together usually with profound intensity or intimacy it's an interchange of thoughts or feelings that gives this whole new meaning. And I really wanted to to bring that out because uh, I, I want us to understand what it means to commune with God. And, and there is, there is an intimacy in that there is, there is an intensity, there is an exchange back and forth. It isn't a one direction, uh, conversation where God's either talking at us or in the other direction, we're throwing all of our 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 needs and and wants and all these things and, and just word vomiting at God, but then not listening for a response back. It's not a conversation. It's just a Bleh, here it is. That's that's not what it means to commune. And so I want to make sure that we understand that and that. So in this reliance on, on God for everything in our lives, we're marked by uh, communing with him and resting with him and, and also marked by the victories that he gives us. There, this is this is the fruit that we're seeing. And uh, that is one of the things that should be marking us is, is the victories that God gives us. Uh, And and we can point to these things and say, look what he did over here. Look what he did over there. And be able to point back to this stuff. The previous week we talked about Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Uh, He is the one you start everything from. And we said his measurements are true. His placement is exact. And he is the, the point of convergence for Uh, the beginning of everything and the conclusion of everything, the the one that brings it all together. And uh, he's the one you start everything from. So uh, are you placing him as as the one you start and measure everything from? Is Jesus the central focus in your life? When when he shows up and, and you feel a stirring in your life, do you respond with yes and action? Not just yes, and then sitting back. Uh, this is this is one of those things where we say yes and then want to sit back and, and, and see God move. And, and he's not in the business of creating us into little zombies who just go about doing the thing. There's a partnership there. There's an agreement with what it is that he's releasing and saying, and then we move and we take action based on that. We follow through with with the yes that he's given us. Hey, John. And. So it's not going to be one of those things where uh, we feel that stirring, we respond with yes, and then he's going to just uh, make everything happen. Like we're going to just suddenly go into some trance and then wake up and be like, ooh, what did God do? What have I said? What have I done? No, that's not how it is. You, you bring the way God made you into those, those missions he gives you. And, and, and when you respond with yes, and you take action, there is, there is, uh, uh, something specific on you that is from you. You know, he's created you in a certain way and he's given you gifts and, and allowed you to move in those. And, uh, So there is there is something special that comes with that when it comes from you. And he gave you free will for for a reason. So you get to exercise that in partnership with him and what it is that he's calling you into the missions that he gives you or assignments. And so uh, when he shows up and and you feel that stirring in your life, do you respond with yes and action? Or would you, you know, continue to ask for a sign and and just want sign after sign and, and need a reason uh, with yourself in your own strength and your own understanding and, and finally get into belief. At, through your own reasoning. That's that's another uh, uh, way we sit back, we'll say yes, but uh, we're going to want some more signs. We're going to want some more proof that, yeah, this we are actually hearing God. We don't just believe that we, we, we do. Uh, we have to throw the fleece out right that, that's uh the the term that's used a lot is, is put the fleece out and then there's just flat out belief you know that you have the faith you recognize that god is moving in and through you and and therefore you take action you move and you get going and so those are the things we've we've hit on the last couple of weeks and in preparing for, for yesterday and going through numbers, there are so many different elements of these stories that you could pull out and and really, like, focus in on and say, do you see this right here? This is pointing to Jesus. This is pointing to, to what he's done for us. This is pointing to to who God has been for us. And so I want to look at one of those today. Um, because there really just wasn't opportunity to do that yesterday. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles in front of you, you can turn to, uh, numbers chapter 21, and we're going to read a few verses out of that. All right. Uh, we're going to read verses four to nine. So it says from Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the red sea. To go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. So understand they they've been moving and and just had some victory, and they're ready to get to the promised land, get into uh, the inheritance that God has has promised uh, them, and and promised to uh, all the way back to Abraham. And so they're getting impatient because now they're, they're skirting around this this nation. They're, they're going around Edom, and they don't want to. It goes on in verse 5 and says, The people spoke against God and Moses. Uh, before, previously, and some of the other rebellions that are recorded in the book of Numbers, uh, the people spoke against Moses. They spoke against Aaron. Uh, they didn't necessarily speak against God and Moses. Says, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. So <laughs> you, you see, him say that they loathe the worthless food that that God is providing. They loathe the provision that God has set before them. Before they said, "Oh, we want to supplement what God has given us with meat," which didn't work out well for them. They got what they wanted in in. So much so that uh, it killed them. But now they're calling it worthless. They hate it. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold to to say that you loathe, you just absolutely hate the provision that God has given you and set before you. That's, that is that is a level of audacious that I don't want to get to. <laughs> uh Excuse me. Verse six says, then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. Yeah, they were so intensely ungrateful. It really is an an intense ungratefulness. That's very true. So this fiery serpents, this is the the poisonous or venomous snakes uh, that came in and started biting people. Would look at the bronze serpent and live. So, first of all, what they asked Moses to pray for was to pray to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. But God didn't do that. He did respond, though, to Moses's intercession and gave them a way to put their faith back in God again. Because God gave instructions to, to uh uh, cast this serpent stick it on a pole and if they got bit all they had to do was look at this thing and they could be healed they'd be saved so he didn't take away the snakes like they asked but he gave them opportunity to put their faith back in him because they had lost faith in him they lost faith in his timing in his direction of, of Moses and, and everything that, that he had told Moses to do. And so he's given them opportunity here. I, yes. I think that is very kind. It is so very kind of God to do that. And, and I think we'll often, often miss that is in, <clears throat> and I can't remember, I think it was, uh, three Sundays ago, might've been four. Where Angie talked, <coughs> excuse me, where Angie talked about, um, I lost my train of thought Coughing there. They had opportunity. Anyways, I don't even know where I was going with that. I totally just lost my train of thought. That's fun. <laughs> um, they had opportunity to, uh, to respond. And, and, and God was very, very kind to, to do that. So we need to remember what it is he's done. And, and what I want us to focus in on in this story is, is not just that, not, not the, the kindness of God, when we, we repent and turn back to him uh, that I want us to see, I want us to catch the, the faith here, that uh, is being called upon by the people, and I want to jump forward into uh, John, the book of John. Go to chapter three, and I want to to read through this story and and look at what Jesus says and what He points to here. It says, "Now there was a man." of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from god for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with him now this is this is interesting to me it, every single time i read it is that nicodemus came to jesus in the nighttime under the cover of darkness because he didn't want to be seen. And he says, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs. You do unless God is with him. So there is a level of belief there. There is, there is a stirring that's, that's happening in Nicodemus and his response is, is not open belief. He's trying to start reasoning here. He's trying to figure it out in his own mind because what they believed about the messiah they didn't didn't have a full comprehension of what it is that he came to do or would come to do and so they they misunderstood and so he's trying to reason here but because he's scared he's coming at night this is this is a, a clandestine meeting here verse 3 jesus answered him truly truly i say to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit and if you remember back way back before this in genesis when god is creating everything and they are fruitful and they multiply they are of their own kind this this kind produces that kind And that's, that's what it is. And so um, flesh produces flesh, spirit produces spirit. And so this is just something we need to catch here, right? This birth of the spirit produces that of its own kind. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? He's still trying to like, figure it out in his own head and 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 reason in his own understanding what does this mean what does this actually look like and so jesus answered him are you the teacher of israel and yet you do not understand these things truly truly i say to you we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony if i have told you earthly things And you do not believe? How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is this is a foreshadowing of Jesus being on the cross, being lifted up on the pole. And and having all the work of salvation finished. And seeing that we can we can believe and know and put faith in him and what he has done to say that we can be saved, too. So the Israelites bitten by the snakes in the wilderness. They were able to look at the bronze serpent up on the pole and be saved. Now we have it even better because who's to say they weren't bit again and again and again and have to over and over again come back to look at the serpent. This is this is a, a, a thing that is, is done once and for all. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Not until the next time we're bit, but eternally. And he goes on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world, into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Oh, that's so good. As much as I love to read John 3, 16, 17 just kind of brings it home for me. Jesus wasn't sent here by the father to condemn me. He was sent here to save me. You're sent here not to condemn you, but to save you. That, that just that, that brings something else to this. He goes on and says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. But he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Starting to to kind of bring this home and say, you're not going to be able to reason your way into belief here. It's it's just not going to happen. This is this is one of those mysteries that that God has said, this is just the way it is. You you have a hard time with grace because you want to try to earn what it is that I'm doing. I'm not going to leave a. the covenant in your hands to try to fulfill on your own? Not going to do it. I'm going to do it on your behalf. I'm going to make sure there is a way for salvation for you. Will you just believe it? There's no amount of reasoning you're going to be able to sit and and muster up in yourself to to come to a conclusion that says uh, this this one-sided act, regardless of, of what I've done in my life, up to to the point of discovery of this that matters. None of that matters. God is doing it. God did this on our behalf. The verse 19 says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I I love it says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. For me, I stop there. That's that for me is is the the judgment. Uh, the piece that I want to, to grab hold of in the judgment. The light's coming to the world. Which means regardless of how much you love your darkness, it's it, it's exposed now. We, we can't escape the light here. And so this, this is what was pointed to when we look at the story of of Moses lifting up the bronze serpent and people are saved. And. And we we have to. To understand, this is what this is what Jesus did for us. Yes, the light is already here. It's getting brighter every day. I will not listen to people who say uh, the world is getting darker and darker. Uh, I, I just can't do it. It, it, it just, for me, I, I feel like there is, is a strengthening in, in the bride of Christ that's going on. And, um, we're, we're going to see the, this, this fractures start to get mended. All right. I want to, I want to move over to one other story real quick in John and, uh It's in chapter 12. We are going to start in verse 20. It says, Now among those who went up to worship, (coughs) excuse me, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. So it says that uh, among those who went up to worship him at the feast were some Greeks. And we know that Greeks loved uh, to sit around and think and, and uh, saw themselves as those who were able to reason through things well and, and able to think their way through things things and and have uh, thoughts that were provoking to to modern beliefs, uh, uh, beliefs that they held and and trying to establish new ways of thinking. For someone like that, that's that's carrying this mindset into this. I cannot imagine what they thought about this story. Do you think they caught what it is that Jesus was actually saying about a grain of wheat that needs to fall into the earth? and die before it can bear fruit. We know that the disciples, even when they were told plainly that Jesus needed to die and that three days later he would rise again, would miss something like this. This is one of those things that that when we, we apply it to what it's what Jesus is saying here to wheat, yes. When you, you plant wheat, it goes into the ground, and then eventually a crop springs up. We don't necessarily understand that, but would they be able to apply that to, to the things that Jesus was talking about in, in himself and what he was doing on our behalf? He goes on in verse 27 and says, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoke to him. Jesus answered, "The voice, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. <laughs> Excuse me, I get I get a little bit emotional reading that. When I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That and that's that's something that having two thousand years of history between now and, and when Jesus spoke these words, uh it, it just we we have an understanding now that they didn't have then and And when he was lifted up on the cross, we know that God was in him, reconciling everything back to himself. Lifted up on the cross, God was there, bringing us all back into him. Verse 33 says, he said this to show does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. He just said that unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground, it can't produce a crop. And now they're questioning. I thought I thought that the scripture said that uh, when, when the Christ comes, he he remains forever. And so they're trying to understand this. They're they're trying to 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 reason their way into this rather than just listening and and saying, okay, this is this is what the son of God is saying to us, the, the, the son of man, he's son of God and son of man at the same time, right? Fully God, fully man at the same time. He is going to be lifted up on the cross, he's going to die, he's going to be planted into the earth. And we get to all be resurrected along with him. And because we believe in him, we are in him. And that makes us new creatures. We're we're new creations. Something never before seen before that point. It is is a fantastic thing to be able to, to look upon Jesus and believe And be saved. And we don't have to do it over and over again. When you read these stories in the Old Testament, be sure to look for that convergence point that always comes back to Jesus. It's always going to come back to him. Because he is the beginning and the end. I really hope that for you belief turns into action and you don't just sit, sit back and and just wait, partner with the things that, that God says over you, over, over the people that you share oneness with, take action, believe and take action be marked by, by communing and resting in God and let the victories, the the, the fruit of that be evidence to point to and to be able to, to, to put on display for, for others, that they could come to uh, the same belief and the same faith that you have. I love you all. Hope you have a great week.